1: show of the week, and I don't know about you, but I am just done. I am done with this focus on violence. I am done with this focus on political corruption. I am done with this focus on uh, prosecutorial misconduct and crime. There's just everywhere you look, even in the sports pages, even in the entertainment news, everything is negative, negative, negative. What I would love to do on uh, this, the in the middle of December... By the way, it's my uh, brother Nick's birthday today. Happy birthday to uh, Nicholas Morano and to my cousin Natalie. Happy birthday to both of them. I would love to have a little fun today. And for the next four hours, I am going to make a concerted effort to have fun. To pick fun subjects, choose fun guests... Try to go to fun callers. Now, if you want to go and talk about doom and gloom, fine. I guess we can. But as far as I'm concerned, the world needs a little bit of fun. Let's have fun for the next four hours. Let's laugh. Let's talk. Let's uh, be merry. Let's, uh, you know, celebrate music and art and uh, family and friendship and everything that's the opposite of anything you see in the news. That being said, we are going to begin this program with...
0: The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Ask Frank. Ask Frank, Ask, Frank Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything.
1: That's right. If you're new to this program, this is your hour. That's right. Where is the other 19 hours of the week? It's on me. I pick whatever we talk about. This hour, it's up to you. You control the horizontal. You control the vertical. Everything that is discussed for the next hour is on you. All you have to do is call 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. And as long as you phrase it in the form of a question, this hour is all up to you. Ask me anything you like. Doesn't mean I can answer anything that you'd like, but... I'll give it the old college try. 800 848 Let me begin with Igor in New Jersey. Hello, Igor. Greetings, Frank. Uh,
2: Frank, obviously enjoyed your uh, George Santos interview, and I wanted to ask you a question about the book that he is going to write. Obviously, he revealed, I think, a great deal about it, sort of going down in flames kind of book and torch everything and everybody. How do you think it's going to sell when he writes it? And secondly, and this is sort of a joke, If he makes the New York Times bestseller list, will it be on the nonfiction or the fiction
1: side? (laughs) Uh, You know, honestly, as far as your first question, I think that it really depends on how much he tells his story between now and the time that the book is published. Now, I was actually surprised that he he did the interview that he did with me because I thought for sure he was going to say, you know, I'm going to wait until all this gets out there in the book and then I'll be happy to come on with you and talk about the book. Now, if he does 30 more interviews, like the one that he did with me between now and the time that his book comes out, then I think you know it will not sell very well, honestly, because people are not going buy to the, buy the book to find out all these things they already know. But if he holds back and it remains kind of distant, then I think he has the potential to actually sell pretty well. You know, for whatever reason, and thanks for the call, Igor, for whatever reason... The world is fascinated by George Santos. They're fascinated by his whole story. How did he get elected? How did he fool the Republicans in Nassau? How did he fool the Republicans in Queens? How did he get away with it? So, uh, look, the number of hits that we got for that uh, interview that we did in terms of live streaming numbers was astronomical. Astronomical. I'm still waiting for them to uh, share the streaming numbers with me, but it was in terms of the podcast numbers off the charts so i think that shows there is an interest in the santo story so i think a lot depends on how he markets himself between now and between the time the book is published also how good the book is you know some people have very interesting stories but they don't just they don't tell them very well All right, 800 848 9222. That's 800 848 9222. Darlene is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, Darlene. Darlene? I
3: want to know what your.
1: Hi, Frank. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks.
3: Mm. I want to know what your opinion is about Giuliani's behavior these couple days in court.
1: Well, so I'd be lying if I said I was following that case super closely, but my understanding is, uh, and maybe you can add something to this, but my understanding is... He led everybody to believe that he was going to testify in the penalty phase of this decim- defamation suit, and then he didn't end up testifying. And uh, now, essentially, we're just waiting to hear what the damages will be. I mean, is, is that what we're talking about? The fact that he kind of indicated that he was going to testify and then he didn't ultimately testify? He was such he was such a
3: good mayor. And the disappointment,
1: the behavior
3: that he exhibits is terrible. Yeah. Embarrassing.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, Darlene, I'm I'm just going to end the call just because your phone is a little wacky there. Uh, Look, I I don't agree with um, where Mayor Giuliani is on the 2020 election. You know, he's obsessed with this idea of... Uh, that the election was stolen, and ultimately this might cost him 30 or $40 million, the fact that he defamed these election workers. That being said, I, um, I, I don't think his demeanor is a problem, honestly. I, I think Mayor Giuliani is literally an American hero, and that has, putting aside the September 11th stuff, I think the transformation he presided over in New York City— And everybody talks about crime, and that's certainly important, but there's almost every aspect of New York City that was transformed while he was mayor that I think he deserves credit for. The guy is a once—I don't even think it's a a once-in-a-generation. The guy is a a once-in-a-lifetime public servant. And um, then you add to that his leadership on September 11th. it's, It's significant. Now, I don't agree with what he did with respect to the 2020 election. I, You know, I know some people very close to the mayor who, who say that the worst thing that ever happened to him was linking up with Donald Trump. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But I think in America, we have freedom of speech, right? We have freedom of association. And Rudy Giuliani absolutely has the right to stand up there, go on television, go on radio and say, you know what? The election was stolen. I have the right to go up there and say, Mr. Mayor, you're wrong. And I just think, look, this uh, defamation case against these uh, Georgia election workers, it seems like, to me, he misinterpreted the what was going on between them. He thought they were passing ballots or doing something corrupt when it looks like they were passing a ginger mint or something along those lines. That's unfortunate. But my fear is, in the way Rudy Giuliani is being persecuted, Both with the defamation suit, the criminal case in in, uh, Georgia with the racketeering case in Fulton County, and the fact that his law license has been suspended, not only in New York State, but to practice in the federal courts, it's outrageous. And my fear is this. People will see... What happened to Rudy Giuliani and they'll say, wow, oh, geez, <sighs> if they could do that to America's mayor, if they could do that to a guy that was the deputy U.S. attorney, if they could do that, that, was, that to the guy that was the U.S. attorney for the uh, Southern District of New York, well, then they can do it to me. I better shh, I better not say anything. Even if I do see evidence that an election was stolen, even if it's just my opinion that an election was stolen, even if I'm representing a client who says that their election was stolen, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything because if they could do it to Rudy, they can do it to me. So honestly, um, I don't know what uh, you're you're speaking about specifically, darling. when you talk about his demeanor. When I've heard Mayor Giuliani and when I've run into him occasionally – I think his demeanor is fine. I, I don't get the sense that he's angry. I don't get the sense that he's unhinged. I just hope that what's happening to Rudy Giuliani now will not cause a chilling effect for people to call out election shenanigans. And you know what? There are a lot of election shenanigans. We see this and we've chronicled this on this program and, and elsewhere. And, I'm, um, you know, again, I believe Joe Biden won the election fair and square. In tw- well, I believe he won the election in 2020. And I just, I, and I've never gone for this Dominion or Smartmatic or any of those things that occurred, but I, I'm just concerned that this will have a chilling effect on people expressing views that are out of line with the mainstream. But as far as his demeanor goes, Darlene, I don't have an issue with his demeanor at all. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Bill is in Boston. Hi, Bill.
2: Hey, how are you? Uh, have you ever had the author, or have you read the book, "The Last Good Time" about Atlantic City?
1: The Last Good Time. I don't know that I have. Um,
2: you you should read it. it. I'm sure you'd love it. It's about basically about this skinny Damato, who ha- had the club five hundred
1: there. Sure, The five hundred clubs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this now. I have not read the book. But it looks interesting. I'm actually going to order this book right now. This looks great.
2: Oh, yeah. And and I don't know if he's... I forget that I don't have the book right close to me right now. But the author, if he's still around, he'd probably be a great guest.
1: I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, it looks like the author is uh, Jonathan Von Meter. And um, it looks like he is still around. I'm going to put him on my guest list now. I'll reach out to him. That's a great suggestion. Thank you.
2: Yeah. It's it's a great book all about the history of Atlantic City, uh, mostly from on the uh, probably from the '30s to the uh, '70s. You know, when, but it gets involved with this skinny Damato was with the Rat Club and uh, Rat Pack. He had at his club there. You know, they would be guests, and uh, he actually it was where. Uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis first got paired, you know, in appearing at a club and so forth. So go ahead and get it if you can.
1: (laughs) I definitely will. Hey, Bill, thanks for the suggestion. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. George is in New York City. Hello, George.
3: Hi there! A happy holidays to you Likewise. and all your loved ones. Thank you. And Thank you. of course, uh, if I say specially, then you might think, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, differently. But of course, uh, all uh, your kid, your new pet, your uh, uh, car uh, carmine. You know what I mean? Thanks. And yeah. The new pet's name. You named the other day. Uh, 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 I think it was last night or night before. You did bring up your new pet, the name. Anyhow, I wish uh, him or her the best as well. And listen, uh, the question, therefore, is this. You first have to do this introduction. You are the best in terms of honesty, right, and independence in expressing your uh, uh, views in general. You don't go according uh, to what your boss would want you to do that many, 90 percent of votes do that. They move from one station to another, and they suddenly are Republican or Democratic in their views, depending, you know. But you go according to what you believe. And if there's something neutral or you do not want to get involved in that uh, point of view you just ignore it don't re, uh, don't regard it at all on your show now the question is this do you agree that uh, this station is 90% right republican pro republican and uh, 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 and not a democrat uh, well uh, not liberal per se you know do you agree to that, And also, do you agree, one more thing, about Jay Diamond? Jay Diamond was very conservative. Then he turned Democratic because suddenly he moved out of WABC. I re- recall that. But now he's more or less neutral to uh, All right, Democratic. so, George, um,
1: uh, so, Thank you. Uh, fam, I'm going to yeah, do the yeah. best that I can to answer your question here. So, uh, so George is calling from New York. So we're on a lot of stations now. I assume George is calling about uh, WABC in New York. The first part of his question was, "Do you think that um, the station is uh, very Republican? I think he used the percentage ninety percent. I don't know the percentages, but yes, absolutely. I think the vast majority of commentators are conservative. But I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wiggle room within that. Now some people just toe kind of a straight conservative line, people like uh, greg kelly and and others. But uh, you know, for instance, Curtis Lewa was the Republican candidate for mayor of New York City, and certainly a street conservative, but he's a never-Trumper. Never voted for Donald Trump. Didn't like Donald Trump as a presidential candidate. So I, I think just by the fact that there's somebody that has so much airtime each week, like Curtis Leewood, that's a never-Trumper, I think it goes to show there is at least a little bit of diversity even within the conservative movement. But yeah, your point's well taken that uh, most of the commentators are... On the right. And even some on the right, though, and I'm thinking mostly of Sid Rosenberg, they have on commentators and guests that are left of center. You know, I was listening to Sid yesterday. Who did he have on the show? Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport is almost to the left of Karl Marx. Then uh, other days he'll have on uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano, who's very much a libertarian, who's kind of all over the place, can be critical of Trump, can be supportive of Trump. So I think really that's the key, and I think it's one of the reasons, honestly, that Sid does so well. I think it's one of the reasons Curtis does so well. One of the reasons that I do so well is that um, a lot of it, people want to hear a diversity of opinion. Even look, I, I was thinking about this. I was uh, I was waiting in line to get some M and M's yesterday. I was I was leaving. And they had on the television set in the studio uh, the Fox Business Network. And they had one of the shows on. It was a replay. I don't remember which show it was. But it had on a, a little bit of a preview of all the guests that were coming on that hour. And I'm looking at it for a minute or two with the sound off. And I'm just thinking, okay, it's a conservative commentator hosting this show. The next five guests that they've just billboarded are all conservative. To me, I can't think of anything more boring. All right. So we have a, a conservative commentator speaking to a conservative audience, and he's going to interview conservative guests, and then another conservative guest, and then another conservative guest. To me, that's the most boring thing in the world. Now, on talk radio, a lot of what you see is even uh, more boring than that, because then you add into the fact that there are all these conservative callers. Now, you since you called from WABC in New York, George, I'll mention... Uh, another great show that we have on that station, uh, the Cats, uh, Cats and Cosby Show. On that show, every night you hear a diversity of views. You hear Democrats like Governor David Patterson as a co-host. You hear all sorts of uh, Democratic guests, including decision makers. I really think that is the future of talk radio. If talk radio is going to survive, it can't be just a right-wing echo chamber. It can't you got to show that? Look. In a city like New York, which is 70 percent Democrat, overwhelmingly Democrat and and liberal Democrat, you're not going to do well if you have a radio station that's 90 percent right wing. You're not. You're not. So I, I agree with you, I think, in that there should be a diversity of views. But I think one of the things that WABC has done right is they are showcasing a diversity of views. You got me. First of all, Dominic Carter takes calls from everybody, right? And for years as a journalist, he really didn't give his opinion much. He would interview everybody. You have the Cats and Cosby show. They have every guest on. You got uh, Curtis, who, you know, although he's right of center, especially on issues like migrants, he is a never-Trumper. That's not typically a voice that's welcome in a lot of conservative talk radio circles. And you got Sid, who's putting on people like Michael Rappaport and Anthony Scaramucci and uh, a host of others. So, you know, I I agree with your point, but I disagree with your premise, if that makes sense. I think diversity of views is great, and that's where I'm with you. But I think your kind of characterization of the radio station as being all one-sided, that's kind of where I disagree with you. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. We'll continue with your questions straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
1: Singing American Girl, this is a uh, birthday bumper music request from my brother, Dr. Nicholas Morano, who is celebrating his birthday today. A milestone birthday, if ever there was one. It is one that ends in a zero. He is uh, in Miami. I uh, was invited to this, and I think he's probably a little sore at me that I'm not at their party. Not in Miami, in the Florida Keys, but I, I don't know. It can't be everywhere. All right. I am doing my best to answer your questions on any subject. Let me say hello to Alfredo in Newark. Hi, Alfredo. Yes, Frank. How are you? Frank,
3: uh, I am a little confusing. Could you explain me the definition
1: of a woman? Well, my belief of the definition of a woman is someone who has two X chromosomes, So thank you, Alfred. Yeah, I mean, that's the best scientific definition that I can understand. I mean, now it seems over the last few years, it's been something that you self-identify with the way that you identify with a political party or a religion. I, I do think there's a scientific basis to what makes a woman a woman. I think if you have two X chromosomes, you're a woman. Right. I mean my view. 800 848 Pat is in Connecticut. Hi, Pat.
2: Hey, Frank. How's it going? First time caller, long time listener. Wonderful. Welcome. Uh, I Welcome. i with uh, George uh, Santos the other night Articulate. Thank you. But my question is a fun question. Um, I'm not sure if you follow Yankees baseball, but what do you think of their chances of getting a Japanese pitcher?
1: What, um any specific Japanese pitcher?
2: It's the the all well, star everybody's bidding against Yamamoto, or something yeah, like
1: that. Yeah, no, right. Uh, Yoshinobu uh, ya- Yamamoto. Um yeah. I don't know if the Japanese, uh, you know, if the Yankees are going to get him. I think he he has the potential to be a uh, a phenom. Honestly, this is this is a guy yeah. that was a three time triple crown winner in Japan. And, you know, this luxury tax issue, which I know it's the bane of a lot of these big market teams' existence, but it really yeah. does keep these big market teams in New York and California from trying to buy everything. I um, I don't know what's going to happen, right? I mean, with the Dodgers— They've deferred a lot of the compensation for Shohei Otani so yes, they can still spend some money on someone else. I don't know what Yamamoto is going gonna, is gonna to charge, but um, I don't know. I think
2: he's going to be like $400 million.
1: You know, I, I could absolutely see it. I mean, I could absolutely see it. It's my guess. You know, apparently the Red Sox are interested, but somebody mentioned this the other day, and thanks for the call, Pat. Somebody mentioned this the other day. It's amazing what the Orioles... Have done with such a low payroll. The Orioles are, their whole payroll is less than what a single player like Yamamoto or Shohei Otani is going to make. And the same with the Tampa Bay Rays. So to me, that's a very impressive thing. Where is he going to go? I don't know. Could it be the Yankees? Sure. Could it be the Dodgers? Probably. Could it be the Angels? Maybe. Right. Uh, could it be the Red Sox? I know they're hoping for it, for that. I was with a Red Sox fan last night. He was really hoping that they signed Yamamoto. I have no idea. But I just, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. That's for sure. 800 uh, 848 Rocco's in Saratoga. Hi, Rocco.
2: Good evening, Frank. Sorry I missed you last night at the Jewelry Exchange. I was supposed to come out there, but unfortunately with my hedge fund, I had to unwind the position because today is triple witching. So unfortunately, but I tell you what, Frank, it's worth your while. I won a $100 gift uh, card there that I obviously couldn't use. I'm regifting it to you so you could buy your lovely wife something nice from the jewelry exchange. How about that, Frank? Okay. Well,
1: I, I think we might have missed our window. I think you would have had to claim it last night.
2: Oh, no. Are you kidding? Hey, hey t- talk to the owner there and tell him that I had a... Uh, I won. Uh, Justin will tell you. You right. know, I'll, I'll this,
1: work uh, on it, Rocco. Thank
2: you. Work on it. All right. It was supposed to be mine. It's
1: yours by Rachel. Rocco, not. thank you. I appreciate your question very much. And when you call in, and you know, I, again, I, I try not to reiterate this every week, but when you call in, ask a question. Right? Questions begin with the words what, where, who, how, why, how does, are, what, right? I said what, right? Do. Those are questions. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention this earlier, but whomever comes up with the best question this hour, you are going to get a complimentary, ready for this, magnet, as judged by our own Matt Blaze. So that's that. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Uh, let's say a little Joe in New Jersey. Hi, Joe.
4: Hey, Frank, what's the craziest thing you ever did? Why'd you do it?
1: Well, when Don't you be s- embarrassed. Share the truth. Yeah, no, no. I, I will. Um, When you say crazy, give me an example of the kind of crazy that you're talking about.
4: Something you'd be embarrassed to share, but you're just going to share because you're just going to... You're in the mood of sharing it.
1: Yeah. I but mean, I I, honestly, I feel like I've shared so many of them. I, I mean, they, they all involve drunken hijinks, right? I mean, they, they, absolutely, they all involve... Uh, drunken hijinks, right? I mean, is there anything crazy that I've done? There's a lot of crazy stuff that I've done in the political realm that I kind of regret, but, um, you know, maybe in let's see, in um, maybe it was December thereabouts of uh, 2009. I w- met a friend for drinks, right? And I've I mentioned this before, but honestly, it's the only. Really crazy thing that I could think to mention. I met a friend for drinks and, um, you know, earlier in the evening and we got, you know, we got sloshed, right? And then I wasn't driving and on the way to the bus, I'm walking to the bus to take the bus home. And I see this old uh, bar that I used to hang out at. And I said, let me go in there just to see what things are like at this bar. And then um, I'll just get a club soda. And so I go up to the bar. And I uh, ask for a club soda. And the bartender sees that I'm, you know, drunk out of my mind, I guess, and says, no, you know, I am not going to give you a anything. Not going to give you a club soda, not going to give you a water. Now, under normal circumstances, if someone said they didn't want to serve me, I would just walk out of there. I wouldn't care. I would just move on with my life. But for whatever reason, these are the kind of th- sane thoughts that don't apply to you when you're drunk out of your mind. So... I made this my cause, that I was going to make this an issue with this bartender. And so I stayed there, would not leave, refused to leave, and at some point, I continued to be belligerent, not only to the bartender, but other, you know, bar staff. And um, at one point, and the bartender was giving me a real hard time, and he was being unnecessarily idiotic, as far as I'm concerned. And so at, at some point, I challenge this bartender to a fight, right? And I ask him to step outside with me. He agrees. And we walk outside. Well, I walk outside. I'm in front of him. And he locks me out and closes the bar door, locks me out. I'm outraged. I'm in the mood to have a fight. And this, now, thank God, because... He would have just totally beaten me to a a bloody pulp because he's sober and I'm just, you know, probably still drunk out of my mind. And so um, I am just outraged. He locks me out of the bar. So I start banging on the bar door and I break the glass. That's uh, It was a, a door that had glass kind of window panes on it. I break the glass and now the bartender says, all right, well... And they were just about closing at this time. I'd spent three or four hours at this bar, you know, just giving the bartender a hard time. Now, under any sane circumstance, I just would have gone home and slept, right? But for whatever reason, I made this my cause for the evening. It was a Sunday evening, December of 09. And so the bartender brings me now into the bar, calls the cops. The cops come. And the cops basically said, and now by the time the cops come... I'm pretty sober, right? And I'm speaking very normally, not acting out of the ordinary and pretty well dressed, not acting crazy at all, but basically, I admit that we agreed to have, exactly what I just told you we agreed to have a fight. we came outside, and yeah, I broke the you know the window in the uh, in the door. The cops tell me, all right, well, here's what we're gonna do. You can either agree to pay to replace this window in the door or you can just you know be arrested and go to the tombs tonight so what are you gonna ch- pick so I pick all right I'll pay for the windows in the uh, in the door so the next day I'm sober and I, I was you know on the radio at the time and I I called this bar the bartender calls me leaves me a message Irish guy heavy Irish brogue and says uh, all right you know I'm not sure how much you'll remember from last night but uh, you are gonna have to pay for the uh, the window that you broke And uh, if you don't pay for it, I will be taking it further and uh, have all the cops information, so on and so forth. So I call the guy back and I ask him to come on the radio with me that night to kind of hash this out and kind of provide a real world preview of, of what occurred and talk, you know, talk everything out. And then it turns out the owner of this bar was someone that I had known years ago. Not well, certainly not a friend. But uh, basically, this bartender texted me back after I called him back and he said, you know, Dez said, um, you know, don't worry about it. He's going to pay for the window. Have a uh, Merry Christmas. You know, enjoy it. Uh, honestly, that's probably the craziest thing that I've ever done. I mean, beyond that, you always do crazy things. That's I mean, for me, that's probably the craziest. You know, uh, there's some certain things you do that are bold at times. Um, as far as crazy, that's the only thing I can really think of that immediately comes to mind. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to Jeannie in Manhattan. Hi, Jeannie.
3: Uh, Hi, Frank. I'm familiar with the Bronx Zoo during the day, but you are part of a psoriasis group. And sometime this year, you and they met at the Bronx Zoo.
1: That's true. That is true. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, it's a walk. It's a walk that we do basically around the Bronx Zoo for the uh, annual national. It's the National Psoriasis Foundation annual walk. And we'll walk around and uh, get people to give money to create research for psoriasis, basically. And it's a really great thing because if you pay or if you volunteer to participate in the walk, you don't have to pay to go to the zoo. So basically, that's that's it. Right. I mean, uh, I wish it was more complicated than that, but that's basically it. 800-848-9222. 9222 Rich is on Staten Island. Hi, Rich.
4: Hi, good morning, Frank. I just would like to make a quick comment and a question. Uh, the other day, uh, my wife and I were out and she uh, told me that our marriage would be complete if uh, we uh, just added one thing to our life. And I got very, very, you know, excited. And it was a kitchen table from Pottery Barn. So I had to, you know, obviously buy it. And I was uh, asked if I wanted to apply for their credit card. So uh, I did. And, of course, I looked at the uh, interest rates. And it was 30%. I was able to choose deferred billing. So when I'm 95, I'll be paying that off. But (laughs) I, I would like to know. With all your contacts, you you know everybody. You are the best thing on radio since Bob Grant. I just want to add that well, that's as well.
0: Nice
4: With all your contacts, what is the organized crime interest rate? Now, I know they don't have deferred billing, but if I went out to the uh, waterfront in Red Hook and I asked for a loan, or let's say I went into Bada Bings and said, you know, I, I need uh, some fast cash. What are their guidelines? Like, What would their interest rate be? That, well, that was like, one thing I don't know if yeah, you're aware so, of. Or yeah, no. it's a
1: good question. So, Rich, um, this is one of the few things that the mob still actually does because so many of the other activities that the mob was involved in th- have now been legalized, right? Other than outright um, robbery, everything else has been uh, almost legalized. But as far as loan sharking goes, in order for something to be loan sharking, it's got to be... A loan of over 35 or 36 percent, that's it, over 36 percent interest. But annually, it's usually somewhere between 200 and 400 percent interest. You have to pay the points every week, you know, on the VIG, and it doesn't affect the principal. So, yeah, it's between annually, I'd say it's between somewhere between 200 and 400 percent interest, depending on what deal you get from whomever you're borrowing money from.
4: Wow, that is uh, so! I, I made out pretty good with, uh, and you know what's interesting is this card. I see that there are many athletes that actually push this card, and celebrities. And I'm thinking, boy, they are really doing their fans and justice by pushing this one card. I'm not allowed to say. I don't know if I could stay the bank, but I'm like, wow, they are on every commercial for every sporting event, and they are they pushing this very popular credit card. And I said they are not doing their. Uh, their fans adjusted by a 30%. But I do feel better now that you told me that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that the mob is the barometer of what competitive loan rates should be measured by, but, you know, it is... Uh, I, I, if it makes you feel better, then that's great. We're in the mood to have fun tonight, or this morning. Margie is in the CAT scales. Hi, Margie. Hi. Um, This is
3: going to be a musical question. Great. And it's going to be very brief, but the easiest way to explain it is I'll give you my answers, and then I'll ask you. And my answers will be Bobby Darren, Somewhere Beyond the Sea, and Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Waters. The question is, what two songs would you like at your memorial service?
1: Mm, uh, two songs. Let's see. I'm going to give uh, some thought to that. All right. Uh, I'm going to say first. Uh, and thanks for the call, Margie. First, the William Shatner song, You'll Have Time. That is a great song which provides an upbeat look at mortality and at death, right? Because we're all going to die, right? And that Shatner song, I think, does the best job explaining how futile it is to rebel against death And it's just much safer to recognize that you're going to die and live life like you're going to die. As far as the other song, I'm going to say, you know, I've never thought about it, but let's see. Hmm. I'm tempted to say that's life, but I feel like it's a little bit too cliché. In the absence of a better answer, I'll pick that's life. All right. 808-4892-22. We're going to continue with your questions straight ahead.
0: The other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. like you're gonna die because you're gonna I hate to be the bearer of bad news but you're gonna die maybe not today or even next year but before you know it you'll be saying is this all there was what was all the fuss why did I bother now Maybe you won't suffer, maybe it's quick But you'll have time to think Why did I waste it? Why didn't I taste it? You'll have time
1: See, isn't this a great song? Cause you're From Memorial I certainly going so. die Alright, eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. That's uh eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. We're doing Ask Frank anything. We're gonna try and run through as many of these subjects as we can here. Bob is out on Long Island. Hi, Bob. Yeah, it's hi, it's Bob from Manville. Um Hey Frank, uh you know what a hall pass is? Yeah, uh, it's when you get to sleep with someone other than your partner, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um if you're wife, uh,
4: extended it to you, would you take her up on it? And if you did, would you let her have one? I know my, my wife gave me a permanent one, so. Oh, boy. I just wanted Uh, to get your opinion. (laughs)
1: uh, You know, no, no, I wouldn't, I don't think, on both counts. Because, uh, you know, look, I I think it's one thing to do that before you're married, right? But um, honestly, and uh, I think that, one, I would be, uh, you know, I'd be concerned that if my wife was going to sleep with someone else that she'd develop some sort of emotional attachment to this person. And, uh, you know, I really am um, not terribly desirous of of anybody else you know other than my wife and um I wouldn't uh e- even if she said oh it's okay it's you know it's whatever it's flag day go out have a good time eh, take a whole pass and then you know as long as you come back to me I mean can you ever really guarantee that that doesn't wait on her or play a role in your in your relationship so no I would say no on both counts 800-848-9222 800-848-9222 thomas is in baltimore hello thomas how are you frank i am uh, just uh, just dandy i'm as fantastic like a unicorn learning the cha cha that's good
2: okay uh, i heard you uh, say that you believe in santa claus right yes okay view to me santa claus What would you ask him for Christmas this year? Uh,
1: Very easy. And uh, this is my wish every time I throw a coin in a fountain. It's my wish every time I pray. And uh, every time I do get to interact with Santa, it's what I ask him for. Wisdom. Wisdom. Ever since I read uh, the story of Solomon in the Old Testament... And how he had asked for wisdom, I thought that was the greatest gift that anybody could ever ask for. So every time that i uh, any time that I get to make a wish, whether it's for my birthday or whether I'm throwing a coin in a fountain or if I see a shooting star, my wish is always wisdom. If I have a hope for a gift, it's wisdom. Uh, you know, and I have a uh, a personal email address, and the instead of it being. Morano, it's wisdom.morano because i am in a perpetual pursuit of wisdom and that is what guides me in in every respect so yes if i got an audience with santa i would absolutely ask him for wisdom two open lines 800-848-9222 800-848-9222 bill is in brooklyn hello bill yeah hi frank frank uh Uh, My
4: question is about health care. I feel that health care is bad in America for some people. Like I have friends who are bartenders, waiters, waitresses in the service industry. And their bosses can't afford to give them health care. They can't afford to buy it. But here is my capitalist idea. I think that if we could have no restrictions on health care, if we could buy it from any state in the union or, uh, Any country in the world, like we can buy so many other things, that it would drive the, uh, the competition, would drive the prices down and the quality up. Do you agree with me?
1: Um, no, no, I don't, because I think what you'd see then is, uh, is sort of like what you see with banking, where everybody, every, if you have, if you ever get a credit card bill or a banking statement from a credit card company, you'll see that it comes from uh, from Delaware. That's because Delaware has the most lax banking restrictions I- in the whole country. So I think that's what you would see with healthcare. I think if you could buy healthcare from every state in the union, you would find a state that has. The lamest healthcare possible, and people would run to clamor. You know, to buy, they would clamor to buy healthcare from that state. I don't dispute that that could be part of the solution, but uh, I don't think it's the entirety of the solution. Look, uh, I think the fundamental issue is, and we covered this a little bit yesterday. I'm going to try and endeavor. I'm going to endeavor not to repeat anything or everything that I said yesterday. People have no idea what healthcare costs. You know, and again, I've studied this for years and, you know, my father was a health insurance executive for 30 years and was very innovative. If you look at his record in the healthcare industry, he was really a pioneer in terms of New York State, in terms of things like medical savings accounts and other things. Now they call them health savings accounts. And I would spend a lot of time, you know, because I'm a curious person, asking him about this. And ultimately, I think there are a lot of different plans that are beneficial. There's a lot of problems with healthcare. Here's the here's the problem, right? I don't know what kind of, of uh healthcare uh Carlos gets, right? Carlos is our telephone talent coordinator. But my healthcare is provided through either my employer or my union, right? I don't pay for that. That is a tremendous benefit that health insurance that they provide a tremendous benefit that I'm not paying taxes on. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, that Carlos is not getting health care through his employer. That means he's buying it on his own. So basically what that means is that I, as a a middle class person, maybe even upper middle class, um, Carlos is subsidizing my health care because Carlos is buying health care with after-tax dollars. So I think the first thing that needs to be done is to end this idiotic system. The two biggest giveaways in the tax code are the mortgage interest tax deduction, and that's why I give Trump and the Republicans that passed the tax reform a few years ago credit for trying to do something about that, even though I think it could have been handled a lot better. And the other thing is is health care. Employer-sponsored health insurance is this dramatic fringe benefit that you're not paying taxes on. If your employer gave you a company car or a cell phone or a condo on a beach, you know what? You'd pay taxes on that as compensation. Healthcare is the one thing that was decided about 50 years ago, 60 years ago, actually maybe even during World War II, during the era of wage and price controls. Healthcare is the one thing that the IRS has decided that's the benefit that your employer gives you that you don't have to pay taxes on. So you have employers, people that have employer-sponsored healthcare are being subsidized by people that don't. It's such a backward system. So that needs to end. Either you got to pay taxes on your employer-sponsored health care or Carlos, when he buys his health insurance, gets a tax deduction or a tax credit. That's number one. Number two is we need a movement towards consumer-driven health spending. I mentioned this yesterday, the, the fact that people who don't care what they spend on health care, it leads to health care inflation. It leads to costs going up for everybody. I would love to see a situation where almost everybody is uh, on some sort of health savings account program. If you can't afford the high deductible, then we pay for it. The government, the taxpayers pay for it. Universal health care, for everybody. And if you don't spend what's allotted to you in a given year, you get to keep it. And I think that would create an incentive for people to be smarter consumers of healthcare. Also, for Medicaid, a $1 copay for Medicaid. Because I think what one of the things that would do is lead to uh, people not simply sitting in a doctor's office when they don't need to. $1. $1 copay. For Medicaid. Hey, I realize I gave lengthy answers. We have a um, you know a few minutes before our guest in a half hour. So if you uh, if you want to hold, you won't be eligible for the magnet. But if you want to hold, I'll try and get to your questions in the next uh, fifteen minutes. I'm sorry to go go being so lengthy, but you know people ask complicated questions. So what are you going to do? Hey, uh, Matt plays. You have a winner here based on the questions answered asked.
0: I'm going to have to go with Margie and the Catskills with a song at your memorial Margie service.
1: and the Catskills, call back, and we will give you a magnet. Those of you that are holding, if you continue to hold, I, you're grandfathered in, and I'll try and get to you after the top of the hour. Coming up in a half hour, do smartphones give hugs? If you think you know the answer to that, well, you probably do. In the meantime, keep asking questions.